from iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade, starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. tuned in to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I am your host, Mike De Niro, and this is the Fight for Monday Night. Thank you to all our subscribers. Thank you for all our followers following all over the world, listening to the show and subscribing. Thank you. Without you and your support, there is no us. Follow along on Instagram at WrestlingDeLoreanPod. That is at WrestlingDeLoreanPod. We're coming off of the heels of Halloween Havoc 1995, and we got a whole lot to talk about. On both WCW Nitro's end and WWF Monday Night Raw's end. So let's get into the show. We're going to start out here on October 30th, 1995. This is the show to follow up after WCW Halloween Havoc 1995. So October 30th, 1995, WCW Nitro, the night after Halloween Havoc. We start out the show. They said that tonight they're going to show footage of the crazy ending of the pay-per-view. The show starts off in ring with... Uh, what was it? The Pitbull, Sergeant Craig Pittman, who, in my opinion, is absolute garbage. You know, I don't know if he was really in, you know, the Army. I don't know if he was really in the military. If so, I appreciate your service. But in the ring, bro, you ain't it. I'm sorry. But the guy who he was going against is a legendary, legendary, legendary wrestler. One of the greatest of all time. Eddie Guerrero. And this was like night and day. Sergeant Pittman looked so stiff and just so robotic. And, uh, like, the dude did not look like he was... Like, he didn't look like he belongs in the ring. Especially not with someone at the caliber of Eddie Guerrero. He was in the ring with a guy who was considered one of the greatest of all time. He was one of the best at that time, in 1995. So, it's like... It was a mismatch. But, in my opinion, the right guy went over. Eddie Guerrero gets with the victory here. They continue to talk about the Cruiserweight Championship is coming. It's coming. It's coming. It just got to get here and hurry up because we need more matches involving Eddie Guerrero and guys of that caliber on this show because there was a lot, a lot of dead weight on this talent roster here for WCW at this time. Tony Schiavone. Oh, no. After this, we get Scott Norton versus The Shark. This was a nothing match. It went to a double countout. Waste of time. Then Tony Schiavone comes into the ring. He brings out Ric Flair, Brian Pillman, and Arn Anderson. They talk about what happened now, Halloween Havoc. 
for those who didn't listen to that Halloween Havoc show and are unaware of what happened on that show, it was supposed to be Brian Pillman and Arn Anderson versus Sting and Ric Flair. Ric Flair, well, Sting said, don't screw me. I'll leave you for dead if you screw me. Ric Flair claimed to be jumped backstage before the show started. So Sting was in the ring by himself. It was basically a handicap match. And when Ric Flair finally did show up, he joined Arn Anderson and Brian Pillman and beat down Sting. So it was all a hoax. It was all a ruse. And they screwed Sting over. And this is the start of the realignment of the Four Horsemen. Arn Anderson says that be careful what you wish for. Everybody wants the Four Horsemen back. Now they're back. There will be a fourth member coming. Ric Flair said this is the symbol of excellence. The Four Horsemen are ready to take over again. And it was a pretty good promo. Great to see these guys reforming the Four Horsemen. I'm really happy to see that. I I like the addition of Brian Pillman. Flying Brian is the man, especially at this time. So this is really cool. I enjoyed the segment. After this, we got Sabu versus Disco Inferno. This was basically a Sabu squash match. He took it to Disco Inferno the whole time. Quick victory here. Hits him with the Arabian face buster. He wins. After that, the match finishes and Sabu continues to attack Disco Inferno. He attempts to put Disco through a table. But Disco moves and Sabu doesn't even break through the table. It looked kind of rough. But Sabu with another victory here. At this time in WCW, Sabu was being built up as a legitimate threat. He was on a win streak at this point here on Nitro. I no, soon he does return to ECW, so I don't know if it really results into much. But at this time, Sabu was, I guess, high on the radar for WCW because he was winning week in and week out. We got the newly healed Jimmy Hart with Lex Luger and Ming. They go against the American Males. Luger and Ming win. And then the show ends with footage of Halloween Havoc. We got the footage of the Giant and Hulk Hogan fighting up on the rooftop after the monster truck match. The giant falling off the roof. Off of Cobo Hall. Into the what was the Detroit River. And then minutes later showing up. Like nothing happened in his singlet. Wrestles Hulk Hogan. We got Jimmy Hart turning heel. You got you know the whole spiel. Then we got the Get Tay coming out. And they just show all this. As the main event here. Then after that we got. Uh, in-ring promo with Sullivan, the Giant, with Jimmy Hart, with Lex Luger. They all show their alignment. They're out to destroy Hulk Hogan. The Giant has the world champion. He said he won by disqualification. And he is crowning himself the WCW World Heavyweight Champion. That's how the show ends. I, I like the Four Horsemen promo. I love seeing Eddie Guerrero, but not against Craig Pittman. Scott Norton and the Shark was a nothing match. The tag match between the American Males and Jimmy and uh, Lex Luger and Ming was eh. Seeing Sabu was cool. This show was nothing for me. Just like I really want them to start picking it up because you had a piss poor go home show, a piss poor pay per view, a historically piss poor pay per view, and a piss poor Nitro after. So they're on a bit of a slow streak here. So I'm going to give this show a 1.5 out of 5. It wasn't really much for me. I, I wasn't a big fan of it. Same night, we talk about WWF. Monday Night Raw, October 30th, 1995. Show starts out with Savio... By the way, this is a Halloween-themed show. Everybody's dressed up. We got Vince McMahon dressed up as, I guess, a, a prison inmate. 
with the stripes, like the, very cartoony. We got the king dressed up as a doctor. Very cartoony, but it is Halloween, so people are dressing up. It's whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, opening match of the show, we got Savio Vega versus Goldust and Goldust's Raw debut. This was a really fun match, actually. I really enjoyed this. I think that Savio Vega and Goldust both had great chemistry with each other. And I thoroughly enjoyed this matchup. So far, at this point, better than anything that I've seen on Nitro. Just this matchup alone. Really good. It is announced that Diesel versus Bret Hart will happen at Survivor Series. And speaking of Survivor Series, just like Halloween Havoc had a dedicated show when Survivor Series 1995 comes around, which is only in a couple weeks here, I will be dedicating the show to Survivor Series 1995. Marty Jannetty versus Joe Dorgan. Joe Dagan. Basically, it was a Marty Jannetty versus a jobber. This was a nothing match. Jannetty gets the victory. McMahon is in the ring. He interviews Jim Cornette and British Bulldog, and they're mad as hell. They said that Gorilla Monsoon looked past British Bulldog. He should be getting the shot against Bret the Hitman Hart. Instead, he's not getting the shot. It's going to be Bulldog versus Marty Jannetty next week. He's pissed off, mad as hell. They want the world title shot. This was really good. Like I said, Cornette has been fire at this time. He's constantly bringing the heat. With the promos here. And I love his interactions with Vince McMahon. I feel like they mesh well together. And they have really good chemistry. When they are on, both on the mic. After this we got the Smoking Guns. Versus two jobbers. The Guns get the victory. Nothing match. Bret Hart cuts a promo on Diesel. For Survivor Series. Like I said. They're going to be in the main event. One on one. Then we got Owen Hart. Versus Razor Ramon. This match was absolutely phenomenal until the ending. There was a DQ finish when Yokozuna attacks Razor Ramon. Really enjoyed this matchup. I do not know why Yokozuna would attack Razor Ramon causing a DQ when his tag team partner was going for the Intercontinental Champion here. But it is what it is. Great match squandered by a horrible finish. The show ends with Ahmed Johnson coming out to save Razor Ramon. He press slams Yokozuna. Big feat of strength. Really, really impressive for Ahmed Johnson to pick up a very bloated and big Yokozuna. This ain't the Yokozuna from 94. He looks like he gained 100 pounds since then. Got rest his soul not to talk ill about the dead. But he was big at this time. And Ahmed Johnson press slammed him. Really, really impressive. So, like I said, great matchup ended with a horrible, horrible, horrible ending. It makes absolutely no sense for your tag team partner to cause a DQ when you're going for a title. But... Whatever. I did find this Raw better than Nitro. The Savio Vega and Goldust match was the match of the night for both shows. Raw is guilty of having way too many squash matches at this time. There's way too many squash matches for matches that don't need squash matches. Why the hell? Why the hell is Marty Jannetty getting a squash match? I understand you want to build him up, but this is not the guy to be squashing dudes. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington for challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being 
I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics? Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The Smoking Guns getting a squash match. Too much time is dedicated to jobbers on this freaking show. But this show was better than Nitro, which says a lot, because this was not a good Raw, in my opinion. But I'm giving Raw 2.5 out of 5. I'll give it a half score, and it beats Nitro for the week. We're going to move on to WCW Nitro one week later, November 6, 1995. A much, much better show, in my opinion. The show starts with Cobra versus The Giant. By the way, the, the theme of the show is the main event will be picked by the fans. There is a red team, a blue team, and the fans will call in to the WCW hotline. They could pick one guy from the red team to go against one guy from the blue team in the main event. And all night throughout the show, you got promos from the red team versus the blue team. The red team is asking and begging to pick them because they want to go against a certain member on the blue team. So that is the theme of the show. Very interesting, very unique. It hasn't been done, at, to my knowledge... This is the first time something like this is being done at this time. So anyway, yeah, the show starts with Cobra versus the Giant. Giant comes out, instantly hits the big choke slam, gets the victory. Hulk Hogan and Macho Man, they're in Venice Beach. They cut a promo. They said that they're coming for the Dungeon of Doom. They're coming for Jimmy Hart. They're coming for Lex Luger. They're coming for the Giant. They're coming for Kevin Sullivan. They said once they felt the beach of Venice Beach, they're getting back to the same mega power energy that they had before the Dungeon of Doom. Pretty cool to see. Kevin Sullivan versus the Renegade. This shit sucked. Horrible. Wasn't a fan. Kevin Sullivan was... He was accompanied by Jimmy Hart. Seems like just such a mismatch here. Renegade was never really a big fan of his. Just Ultimate Warrior wannabe. And after this, you got Jimmy Hart wiping off the R face paint on Renegade. He said, you could have been the next Hulk Hogan. You're not the next Hulk Hogan. You could have been Ultimate. Like, clear signs that he's saying that you were the next Ultimate Warrior and you squandered that position. This might be the last we see of the Renegade here. Then, we get one hell of a matchup. Chris Benoit versus Eddie Guerrero. This was absolutely phenomenal. Really good matchup here. Like I said, this is the type of wrestling I love to see, especially at this time when it's in the middle of a card that has nothing like this, so it stands out even more. I thoroughly enjoyed Chris Benoit versus Eddie Guerrero. This was an amazing match. Like I said, match of the night so far. Match of the night. Another really cool thing is while this match is going on, we go to the crowd and we see Sonny Ono is sitting there with Jushin Liger, Masahiro Chono, New Japan looks like they're going to be coming through. Really cool to see that. 
Eddie Guerrero picks up the victory. Big win. I believe Chris Benoit actually beat him in their first accounts here on Nitro. So this was a rematch from that. Eddie Guerrero gets the victory. He is on a tear. Cruiserweight champion coming soon. And you got Guerrero. You got Mr. JL. You got Sabu. You got Benoit. You got Liger. You got Chono. You have... This is just going to be absolutely phenomenal. You know this leads to guys like Rey Mysterio coming in. Guys like Juventu Guerrero, Psychosis. Guys like La Parca. Guys like Ultimo Dragon. So I'm just really ecstatic for that type of wrestling to be injected into some of these really boring shows, to be honest. Main event of the night. We get the fans vote. Sting versus Ric Flair. This was a really good matchup. I thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this matchup. Sting and Ric Flair, two legendary rivals. I was a little surprised that they gave this match away for free because they just had the big angle at Halloween Havoc. But I guess, you know, at the end of the day, I guess they kept it real. It was the fans' vote. So that was really cool to see. Sting wins. Got Ric Flair tapping into Scorpion Deathlock. The whole locker room empties. Tries to get Sting to get off of him. He doesn't get off of him. Then he finally gets pulled off of him by the locker room. Then he runs back in, hits Ric Flair again, puts him back in the Scorpion Deathlock. No one could get him off. Security, D- Doug Dillinger's in there. Police are coming in. The wrestlers are coming in. And then Lex Luger comes out, says a few words to Sting, and Sting breaks the hold. It is well documented, the friendship between Sting and Lex Luger, so this is a cool angle. I don't know where this is going to go, but... Right now, Lex Luger is a newly minted heel on this show. And Sting is walking away with Lex Luger. So this should be good. Show ends with Jimmy Hart, the Giant, and Kevin Sullivan cutting a promo with Mean Gene in the ring. Saying that they are not giving back the title. The WCW lawyer comes out. Uh, Mark Lambros, I think his name was. I'm not sure. Uh, he comes out. He vacates according... Well... On behalf of WCW management, they vacate the WCW title. They say that if the Giant wants it back, he has to compete in World War III. And World War III's triple ring 60-man battle royal match at the next pay-per-view will crown the next WCW World Heavyweight Champion. So this is going to be really cool. The title's vacated, and it's going to be a 60-man match, three rings, Three simultaneous battle royal over the top ropes. One giant in each ring. And the winner gets the title. So I'm excited to see that. This was a much better WCW Nitro. Much better than last year. I mean, last year. What the fuck? Last week. Much better than last week's WCW Nitro. I give it a 3 out of 5. Had the big angles. Had the big main event. Had great wrestling with Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero. Good show. 3 out of 5. Monday Night Raw, November 6, 1995. The show starts with the British Bulldog versus Marty Jannetty. British Bulldog with a good victory here. This was a good back and forth. They both had some good uh, spots in this matchup. I'm glad that they're continuing to build the British Bulldog. He really looks like he's a main eventer in this spot. So I'm really cool to see that. We get Henry Godwin versus Terry Richards, who is a jobber here, but is also Rhino. So that was really cool to see a young Rhino here in WWF in 1995 going against Henry Godwin. Henry Godwin gets the victory here. Triple H comes out. He attacks Godwin and then he pours Godwin's slop all over him. Stupid angle to end it. But 
uh, okay squash match. I mean, like I said, there's too many squash matches on this show. And when you got WCW having Eddie Guerrero versus Chris Benoit and Sting versus Ric Flair in the main event, you can't really have six squash matches on a fucking show going head-to-head and try to compete. I could understand why WCW won 83 weeks in a row. WCW was basically giving you great wrestling. Not everything was great. There was a lot of shit. But there was one or two great matches per show. Where WWE, you were not promised that at this time. You got a whole lot of infomercials. You got a whole lot of buy this merchandise. Look at this squash match. A lot of showcase matches. They still had that old school mentality. And that's why WCW having a leg up on them. That's why they started running away with this fucking war. Because WWE still thought this was the 80s. And had squash matches. And didn't have main event caliber matches on live TV. While WCW was. But anyway, I digress. It is announced that we're going to be getting Team Mabel versus Team Undertaker at Survivor Series. Undertaker needs reconstructive surgery on his face. This is when he debuts that crazy looking mask. I'm excited to see that. After this, we got yet another job match. Because we got Kama, the, well, I I forgot what his name, the Elite Fighting Machine or whatever. Kama versus a jobber. And this match didn't even mean shit because the whole time on, while this match was on air, they were talking to Shawn Michaels on the phone. So, whoop-de-doo. It was just background for a Shawn Michaels interview and promo, basically. So, once again, wasting time. Another match that doesn't mean anything on the show. Main event, we got Bret Hart teaming up with Hakushi versus Isaac Yankums and The King. And just like WCW... We had a DQ finish for the main event. So what happens here? Basically, the referee's distracted. The King comes in. He tries to hit. Well, Bret Hart has Isaac Yankums in a sharpshooter. Yankums is tapping out, but the referee doesn't see because he's distracted with Hakushi trying to get into the ring. The King grabs a chair, goes to hit uh, goes to hit Bret Hart. Barry Horwitz grabs the chair, and the referee sees that, calls the whole match out. DQ finish. Throws the match out. Basically, this match led to nothing. So the common trend on these shows for WCW and WWF is a lot of DQ finishes, a lot of jobber matches, and a lot of just leading to nothing. So that's something I would like to see change in the coming weeks here. This was a good Raw. It was not better than WCW. I'm going to give this Raw a 1.5. Not really a good show, in my opinion. WCW gets the victory on this week. So, out of these two weeks, Raw won one, WCW won one. Now, we got two big pay-per-views coming up. We got World War III. We got Survivor Series 1995. So, stay tuned for more action. This is the Fight for Monday Night on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Before we go, special announcement... I want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. There will be a fight for Wednesday night this Wednesday night, but there will not be a making an impact on Thursday. I want to respect everyone's time with their families, and I want everyone to enjoy their Thanksgiving with their families. Let's remember what it's for. During this tough, tough 2020, we need a time to remember to give thanks and positivity and love to the loved ones that we have. So enjoy your Thanksgiving. Catch you on Wednesday for the fight for Wednesday night, AEW versus NXT. This is the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, signing out. Peace, y'all.
From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. 